Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. My guest today is Matt Casper. Matt is a psychotherapist and the author of the Emotes books. The goal of the Emotes project is to help young people increase their social-emotional intelligence and boost their emotional vocabulary, that is, their ability to put feelings into words. Matt is also a YA author, and his current work is called The Ongoing Memoir of Coltrane P. Jones, which he reveals twice weekly on his blog. Hi, Matt. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hello. Great to be here. Oh, thanks for making the time. You know, um, YA fiction is something that I am passionate about as, as an a consumer of it, and also as as a writer myself, and so I'm so delighted to connect with you because um, I don't know if I get a chance to talk to other writers. It's such an isolating kind of activity that we do, isn't it? It absolutely is. So any opportunity to to connect is a, is a good opportunity for sure. Yeah. yeah so um, I specifically love YA fiction because I, as a as an educator, I'm really interested social and emotional development, kids, character education all that good heart stuff. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit today about why you think the genre helps kids and in what ways. What a a big, wonderful question. Um, Well, I'm a psychotherapist and that's sort of how I uh, came into writing YA fiction and really seeing that working with my clients of, of all ages, that the use of story can be so powerful um, just as a way to uh, increase empathy and also imagination, um, really allowing um, the reader to explore the mind of another. And I think that's really what drew me into the, the process of, of writing YA fiction um, and, and just for, for all ages, actually, um, to be able to provide that with those stories. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that the idea of exploring someone else's mind can be therapeutic. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that from a psychotherapist's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think so often we tend to get lost in our own minds and become obsessed with you know, how others might be perceiving us uh-huh. and what judgments they might be placing on us. So if we are able to perhaps look into the mind of another and explore what's maybe going on for them, it becomes less personal that we go around the world making it less about just us, but actually there's more of a connection to the other, but also it makes us less sensitive, I think, to the fears of being judged because we know that by going into the minds of another, they're feeling just as insecure and and as afraid as as we are. So I think that's especially important for for kids as they develop, and they're developing their own sense of self and confidence as they go about this often pretty scary, rapidly changing world. Well, you know, that's great. I never really thought about it that way, but it's so true. So Mm. I know that, we'll just give you a tiny bit of background. Um, I've been on the receiving end of email from tweens and teens mm. for the last 18 years. And there's this self-consciousness about um, and being judged and, and the insecurity and all that stuff that, that really marks the, uh, the young adolescent. And the idea that you're not alone in these feelings as, as some of these YA fiction um, experiences can let us know that, oh, um, this character is feeling some of the things that I've felt before and, and in a very safe way to be able to kind of explore 
options for resolving peer conflicts and those kinds of things. I, I yeah, I love that. I mm. really never thought about it in that way before, but it makes a lot of sense. Cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the best stories are those about characters that are flawed, characters that are imperfect. Even uh, even Superman has his kryptonite, you know. <laughs> so I think that's really important for, for kids that are reading these stories, too, to realize not only am I not alone, but, uh, oh, I'm, I don't have to be perfect and no one is perfect. What a relief that that can be. Yeah. For for sure. What a relief that can be. And um, how is this character working his or her way through this imperfection? Yes. Um, I love stories where the character has grown in in um, internally and externally. And, and the idea that um, as we identify with these characters, we see an arc of possibility in our lives that we can move from where we are now, which may feel stuck and small, to a more expanded view of ourselves. Absolutely. It's, it's that the going into that, the unknown, which is so uh, characteristic of most stories. You know, there's that archetypal story, the, the hero's journey of leaving the safety of your home and going out on an adventure. And I think that's almost, you know, sort of parallel to the, the construct of, of one's mind and one's identity. As, as you're growing up as a teenager, you're going into this unknown of who am I? Yeah. Where am I? So how great to be able to, to just model that that's okay pay in a normal process, that the process is what should be sort of rewarded. It's not the product. It's not how many goals you've scored. It's not how many A pluses you get. Those are all, in, you know, well and good. But to encourage kids to go through the process of development and really reinforcing the, that, that takes uh, real courage to just try. Wow. And now you're getting into a whole realm of now most of my viewers and listeners are parents of tweens mm. and teens. And um, there is so much emphasis on product oh, yeah. in everything that our kids do and really how we we feel about our kids in terms of their success. Did they get the A? Did they score the goal? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we talk a good game about, you know, oh, well, you tried your best, honey. But I think secretly and maybe not so secretly most of us really want to have that reflected glory of of the scored goal and the cheering crowd so um what tips do you have for parents to move towards encouraging the process more it it, it would be to to just really be mindful of that process and first looking at your own self because i think you bring up a good point as a parent you maybe you have your own associations with and your own history of how you were parented and what yeah. was reinforced. So it's really breaking, you know, multi-generational cycles here. So first, be compassionate to yourself as a parent, knowing you're just doing what you were taught. Um, you're just a human trying to figure this out, trying to figure out how to be the best parent you can. And then really looking at your child um, as, as being aware of how they are developing their own identity and how what a wonderful, fragile time it is. So it's, 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 it's allowing the child to fall, but helping them to get up. So if, for example, in, in a soccer game, if they ran, you know, ran down the field extremely fast and, and they missed the goal, so what? Just, it, it's a positive reinforcement of you, you had great hustle out there. I'm so proud of you. It's, you look great. You know, it's positive, positive reinforcement of that process that it's not the, it's not the gold stars. You know, I think it would be so much easier if we just parented our kids in isolation. Because I'm just, I'm picturing this good hustle that was right. so great. And everyone else is going, ah, you missed the goal. 
And maybe your own teammates are, you know, giving you a hard time. And maybe other parents on the sidelines are giving you right. a hard time. Maybe your coach is giving you a hard time. Oh, and yeah. Here, there's mom and dad going, way to go. Good you know, running. Uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's really changing. It's really changing a paradigm that's been so strongly reinforced. And so when you're on the sidelines and you're hearing all those voices, that's just the projections of all of those other scared parents, that they are scared of not being good enough. So it's just projecting that on their kid and their fears that the kid won't be good enough. So really well, Matt, tune into yourself. Okay? This is making me feel really sad because <laughs> when we parent from fear, we know that we don't do our best parenting job. I know. And, and again, that's where self-compassion comes in. You know, it's, it's okay to be afraid. And again, that's what's such a wonderful theme in YA fiction is there is, it's okay to be afraid. There are scary things out there. There are monsters. There is, you know, the darkness and the shadows. But these are things that need to be explored. And, you know, as again, as a therapist, is there, there's a parallel to the darkness and the shadows and the monsters of, of, of our own minds and our own psyches and our own sort of insecurities. And so what I try to do as a therapist and a writer is to really allow kids to, to be gently brought into to the worlds of other people, but also into their own world, their own internal world. That's great. Tell me about the book that you're working on now. Well, I'm I'm working on kind of a fun project. It's called the uh, the ongoing memoir of Coltrane P. Jones, fairly typical teen. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a, I'm I'm doing something different. I'm doing a blog where I'm posting twice weekly, and so it's an ongoing narrative um, through the voice of Coltrane P. Jones. And this and, this is this is the the novel is episodic, and it's coming through the blog. Yes, exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Charles Dickens wrote this way? Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't compare myself to Charles Dickens, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take being in the same. In the same hey, be kind to yourself. We writers <laughs> have fragile equals. But yeah, he, he used to um, publish weekly columns that were were his novels. How cool. Well, it's a, it's fun because I can really sort of be uh, be reflective of what's even going on for me. In oh, the yeah. Moment, you know, so it's actually a good process for me to just kind of work through some of my own history. Wow. So can I assume that you don't have the whole thing plotted out? I do not have the whole thing plotted out, hmm. which is also kind of the, that fun, again, going into the unknown. Of, of, of just letting itself, letting it, letting it really grow organically. You know, I have these, I have characters and I have certain personalities that I'm beginning to develop with the characters, but in terms of the action, we shall see. And let me ask you this, because it's a blog, that means your readers can comment on it. And are you getting those kind of comments? And do those comments then make you think about where the story might be heading next? Absolutely. I love feedback. It's always helpful. It's always good for, for my ego and a challenge to it as well, because you're gonna, when you're in any public forum, you're going to have, again, people projecting what they might want to project upon you. So it's really strengthening yourself as, as a writer and as a person to that sort of uh, criticism. But it's been, it's been fun to hear some other people's experiences and how they might relate to Coltrane and his family and uh, that might inform future storylines for sure. Interesting. So this could feasibly go on forever, right, with Coltrane? It could. It could. <laughs> Eventually, I would love to to turn it into a graphic novel or, or a comic series or, or, even, a, or even a book. So. It's, it's, that's great. And twice a week, so you sit yourself down and... and yeah. 
You know, what I always say is when I sit down at the computer, I do it in part because I want to find out what happens next. <laughs> I love it. What a great adventure. It is. And it's so mysterious. Where is this stuff coming from? No, I love it. I love it. I, I really thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you today, Matt. And um, before we go, I, I'd like you to let our viewers and listeners know where they can find out about Coltrane story and more about your your other published works. Absolutely. Thank you. So the website is rockafeatherfire.com, which is Coltrane's alternate identity. Okay. So and and the name of the blog is The Ongoing Memoir of Coltrane P. Jones, rockafeatherfire.com. Then I also have a series of books for younger kids called Emotes. Um, and that's at emotes.com, E-M-O-T-E-S.com. I have uh, over 25 books for kids, each book covering a different emotion uh, and a different social-emotional challenge and kind of a, a, an adventure story uh, per, per book. So whole wide range of stuff. Great and so needed. I want to thank you sincerely for the work that you're doing, Matt. Um, thank you. I'm, you the same. I'm so glad we got to connect. Me too. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with parents of tweens and teens, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. And my latest book for tween girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And if you like this podcast, and we hope you do, please consider rating us on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it will mean an awful lot to us. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Eggplant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Tyler Derman. Tyler is the author of Counterintuitive, What Four Million Teenagers Wish We Knew. Until next time, happy parenting.